Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Is there another COVID-19 surge on the horizon? As we head into the winter months, the Northern Hemisphere is expected to see another COVID-19 surge. Emerging evidence suggests that there are new strains of the Omicron variant, which is actually called BQ11, which along with other behavioral changes since the height of the pandemic could mean that many countries will start to see large numbers of COVID-19 cases and likely more hospitalizations. In addition, the rollout of the new bivalent COVID booster, which targets the Omicron strain, has not been as robust as healthcare officials were expecting, with roughly one out of 20 Americans receiving the latest shot. At the same time, health officials are also seeing that people's immunity to COVID is waning, given that neither previous infections nor our protection from the vaccines lasts indefinitely. There are also documented surges in the UK and Europe, with some countries doubling their number of cases week on week in October. With open borders, limited masking, and the free flow of travel, these increased cases are likely to ping-pong over to the United States eventually. Because COVID is known for throwing curveballs in the form of new variants, we are still working to estimate the size of the winter surge, but our initial estimates show that it will be similar in size to the Omicron wave this summer. The good news, however, is that despite the increased cases of COVID, population immunity from previous vaccines and infections continues to grow. In fact, recent studies have shown that over 95% of the world population has either had COVID or been vaccinated or both. I mean, think about that. We started this podcast to talk about COVID, you know, way back when and to fight misinformation. The only comparison we had was the influenza pandemic in 1918. And I never thought that we would see something to that effect with COVID. It's really quite incredible. It's insane. The bad news, unfortunately, is that we expect this to be one of the most difficult influenza seasons in years, not only because of our return to old habits, but because flu shots are down from last year by roughly half a million in the United States. That leaves us worried that we might see a twindemic of both COVID and the flu this winter. So for anyone listening who is slacking on getting their recommended flu shot, this is your reminder to be proactive and do it as soon as possible. The bivalent boosters, along with the original shots, look like they will offer some protection against the new variants that are emerging. But as we said before, COVID vaccines tend to do a better job at keeping people out of the hospital. Remember, these are like seatbelts, just like you wear a seatbelt to prevent an extent of injuries. The COVID vaccine does not prevent you getting COVID. It prevents the extent 
uh, of the disease. Okay. So that's why it's important to re-up your health hygiene. Health is a community effort and the actions you take are multiplied in the direction of either harm or protection for the most vulnerable that are among us. You know, Graham, one of the things that we are seeing though, in all seriousness, um, because people are doing a lateral flow testing or those, the testing at home, um, we don't see, we're not seeing PCR uh, testing like before. And so the only way that we know how COVID is being checked is through wastewater surveillance. Using wastewater surveillance allows us to see how COVID is affecting different communities. And one thing that we're seeing is that not only are we seeing increased rates in COVID, and right now as we're recording this, uh, the highest rates are in the Northeast. And that usually is typical for an outbreak. It usually starts in the Northeast and then it spreads through the rest of the country. But we're also seeing increases in another virus called RSV, as well as influenza. So we're actually seeing, you know, a potential tridemic of three different viral illnesses. And again, largely because we're not doing the same thing, we're not masking as we used to, we're going to see more of these sorts of outbreaks. So please, for those of you who can get uh, vaccinated for influenza, do so. Please get the new bivalent vaccine that will protect you as well. Baby formula shortage is deeply affecting autistic mothers. The baby formula shortage that broke out in early May of this year is still leaving many families in a difficult situation, especially mothers with autism. Now, as of right now, grocery stores are still about 19% short of being fully stocked, and this discrepancy is especially acute for specialty formulas, such as those that are for hypoallergenic or you know, some babies that require it. The formula crisis has deeply affected American mothers, but one group, mothers with autism, have really been especially hit hard. Dr. Amy Grant, a reacher at Swansea University's Center for Lactation, Infant Feeding, and Translational Research, has been studying breastfeeding for many years, but in 2019 decided to research how autism influences it. She quickly found that autistic mothers have very low breastfeeding rates, which is due to a variety of factors. Dr. Grant and her research team recently published a review of some of the factors that affect autistic mothers and their desire and ability to breastfeed. According to the study, one of the main difficulties for autistic mothers is their sensitivity to touch. This causes breastfeeding to be an especially uncomfortable and painful experience for many mothers with autism. In addition, pumping is also an extremely stressful experience for some autistic mothers the loud rhythmic machinery and the cold plastic pumping parts can be too much for some autistic mothers and the related stress they cause can affect how much milk they produce. For these reasons, breastfeeding and pumping can ultimately become a sensory overload for autistic mothers, compounded by knowledge that it's not working well, which in turn can make the experience very taxing. In addition, lactation experts at hospitals are most often not trained to work with autistic women, which can lead to uncomfortable situations, another hindrance for autistic mothers. The study also found, as we would expect, that many autistic mothers feel frustration in not having the proper support from medical professionals in relation to giving birth, and particularly in regards to breastfeeding. With this knowledge, you can understand why, for many autistic mothers, baby formula is an essential way to help supplement their child's breastfeeding nutrients and why the uncertainty around its availability over the past half year has left many autistic parents anxious about where 
and how they will secure formula. This is yet another reminder that when things get difficult, it's often the people who are already facing challenges who bear the brunt of the new ones. The good news is, is that formula is getting easier to find, but we hope to continue seeing improvements in availability of the varieties available for babies with allergies, as well as support systems being set up for moms who are autistic who would like to try breastfeeding. This is really a tremendous story, and I just want to give props to our writer, Brinley, who actually brought the story to our attention and pitched it in our meetings. Something that you know we don't think about and something that so deeply affects uh, parents. Definitely. I, I think on the Noise Filter Show, the stories I always end up being the most proud of that we can get the information out are ones that focus on these things that are kind of like out of sight, out of mind, and then and then we we can shine a light on them and and realize ourselves. You know, some of us on the podcast realize ourselves for the first time. Wow, we really need to be more kind, more caring, more understanding to to all the people around us. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your health care providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right.